Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The fight in the Middle East is centered around the argument that the Palestinian people have just as much right to the land of Israel as God's chosen people do. Today, Pastor J.D. sheds some light on the actual Palestinian people. What we'll discover is that there's no such thing. Palestinianism is an invention of Satan in order to attempt to destroy Israel. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 17th, 2017. For today's update, I want to talk about something that really hits home for me personally, having been raised in a home believing that I was a Palestinian, born to an Egyptian uh, father and a uh, Palestinian mother. It wasn't until many years later, after I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and began reading the Word of God, that I learned the truth. And the truth is, is that there is no such thing as a Palestinian. And that's what I want to talk about today, namely the illegitimacy of the Palestinian and as such their illegitimate claim to Jerusalem. If you'll hear me out, I want to argue the case and also provide what I believe is irrefutable evidence that proves that there is no such thing as a Palestinian. And further, I want to also explain what's really behind all of this. It's really satanic rhetoric concerning Jerusalem. And perhaps more importantly, I want to talk about why it even matters to us today. Why, why should we be concerned with this? What does it mean to us? I want to start with this Breaking Israel news article about how the White House had criticized Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas for his comments against the U.S. recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital, saying that such rhetoric has, quote, prevented peace for decades. The U.S. rebuke came after Abbas stated Wednesday that the Palestinians would refuse any future U.S. involvement in the peace process and threatened that there will be no, and I quote, peace or stability, peace and security in the region until Jerusalem is recognized as the Palestinian capital. 
Abbas's comments came during Wednesday's meeting of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation in Istanbul, a gathering initiated by Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan in response to Trump's recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. On Friday, the Times of Israel published a report about how Erdogan had added to the threats from Abbas with his own threats that the Muslim nations will seek UN annulment of Trump's Jerusalem move. In fact, this morning, uh, when I first got up on my news feed, was another article about how they're already moving in the UN to annul Trump's declaration of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So Erdogan's comments followed Wednesday's summit of Muslim and Arab nations, the 57-member organization of Islamic cooperation, which, get this, declared East Jerusalem the capital of Palestine, and urged the world to recognize the state of Palestine. And this is what is interesting. Erdogan, quoting the article, who regards himself a champion of the Palestinian cause, denounced Israel at the Wednesday OIC summit as a state, speaking of Israel, defined by occupation and terror. Uh, Someone needs to let Erdogan know about this Jews news article on Wednesday titled, Oops! Arab historian admits there is no Palestinian people. I'm not alone, apparently, thankfully. One of the biggest, most stubborn, and costliest untruths of our time is the notion that the jihad waged by Arabs in the Palestinian Authority and Gaza against Jews in Israel is a national struggle of indigenous people for independence. No matter the facts, the lie... This is an Arab. The lie persists to the tune of billions of dollars in international aid and political prestige, which makes it increasingly difficult for anyone involved to admit that the whole thing is nothing more than a propaganda stunt. And that's what it is. This is one of the lies, the greatest lies, if I can call it that, that has ever been believed in the history of mankind. Um, on uh, Saturday, yesterday, when I was preparing for the update, I uh, wrote out a paragraph. I didn't incorporate it into my notes, but I, I shared the gist of it with first service. It goes like this. Islam was manufactured satan- satanically by Muhammad, who was demon-possessed, for the purpose of destroying Israel. Fast forward to the last century, the Palestinian Liberation Organization was manufactured by Yasser Arafat for the same purpose of destroying Israel. By the way, Arafat, he was Egyptian. Arafat was not a Palestinian. He was Egyptian, like my dad, who was born in Alexandria. Now, let me continue on. 
Before the Balfour promise, when the Ottoman rule from 1517 to 1970 ended, Palestine's political borders, as we know them today, did not exist. And there was nothing called a Palestinian people with a political identity, as we know today, historian Abd al-Ghani admitted on official PA TV on November 1st. I really encourage you to watch this video. It's all over social media. This Arab in my native tongue of Arabic is talking on a panel. This is broadcast on a television station, and he's saying, this is a lie. There's no such thing as a Palestinian. And he's saying this to Arabs. Listen to what he says. In 1917, says this Arab historian, there was no such thing as a Palestinian people. This statement amounts to saying that the whole narrative of an indigenous Palestinian people was made up at a later point in time as Hamas Minister of the Interior and of National Security, Fadi Hamad, speaking on Al-Hakma TV, said in March of 2012, quoting, listen to this, Brothers, half of the Palestinians are Egyptians, and the other half are Saudis. Who are the Palestinians? We have many families called Al-Masri. Masri in Arabic means Egyptian whose roots are Egyptian. Egyptian. (laughs) They may be from Alexandria, from Cairo. We are Egyptians. There is a reason why the Palestinian National Museum is empty of historical artifacts. I saw a picture posted on Facebook. I, I actually ran out of time. I wanted to bring it and show it to you. So you got these people in a museum standing there looking at blank white walls, and then down below it reads, (laughs) Palestinian National Museum. There's nothing there. Another book that uh, I want to recommend, and I've recommended this in the past, is by Ramon Bennett, titled Philistine, The Great Deception. Let me just share uh, from this uh, writing. This explains, by the way, why it is that it was called Palestine for almost 2,000 years. In the year 130 AD, the Romans renamed Jerusalem Aiella Capitolina after the emperor Aelius Hadrianus and the god Jupiter Capitolinus. The Romans kept Aelia Capitolina as their name for Jerusalem and renamed the promised land Syria Palestina. The renaming of the land was an overt effort to eradicate the Jewish connection. After the Muslim conquest of Palestina in the 7th century AD, the name Elia Capitolina gradually faded from use. And in due process of time, Palestina, the Latin form of Philistia, the land of the ancient Philistines, was anglicized into Palestine. In other words, the land was never named Palestine because it belonged to the Palestinians. It was named Palestine because of the Romans and subsequently the Muslims who sought to eradicate any Jewish connection to Jerusalem and specifically the Temple Mount. And that's what brings us to 
today. Here's the truth. The ancient Philistines are in fact extinct. They no longer exist. And it's evidenced by the absence of any coinage or even language. You know, they speak Arabic, these so-called Palestinians. They speak Arabic because they're Arabs. And by the way, Egyptians don't really like to be seen as Arabs. And I uh, use this uh, illustration first service. Somebody explained to me, uh, which helps me greatly, by the way, when people explain things to me. But in Hawaii, they're called poi dogs. On the mainland, they're called mutts. Okay, so I'm going to use poi dogs and mutts as an illustration uh, to explain uh, what what an Arab is. An Arab is like a poi dog. It's a mixture of different people groups. The Egyptians are purebreds. Be like a, an Australian shepherd, a German shepherd. These are purebreds. These are Egyptians. If you call an Egyptian an Arab, what you're saying to them is that they're a mixed breed of all of these different people groups. And that's what the Arab is today. So basically, your pastor is a poi dog. <laughs> so let's uh, move on. About 20 years ago now, a Jewish brother in my church on the mainland let me borrow some of his life magazines from back in the 1940s. He had an amazing collection. I scanned in some of the main articles that related to the rebirth of the nation of Israel from back in uh, May of 1948. And I just want to share with you uh, some of these really interesting articles because, again, it explains as evidence this myth of the Palestinian. I'll start with this first one titled simply Palestine. It's published on August 19, 1946, just shy of two years before the rebirth of Israel as a nation. So what of a Jewish state? The Arabs regard it as an exotic movement, internationally financed, artificially stimulated, holding no hope of ultimate or permanent success. Wow. Guess they got that one wrong. This one is titled The Palestine Problem and was published on February 16, 1948. The UN had decided that all Palestine should be divided into three parts a Jewish state, an Arab, Arab state, and an internationalized Jerusalem. The UN stands back of the decision, but so far back that from the Mount of Olives, around which is being spilled the blood of Arabs and Jews, its blue banner is almost invisible. Any move to revise would, of course, be a serious blow to UN prestige. Moreover, it would probably increase the fighting. Stalin could then maneuver over to the side of the fanatical ex-Grand Mufti and try to stir up the whole Arab world. Arab world. This could be disastrous for the U.S. and the U.N. and the 800,000 Jews in Arab lands. 
Arab lands. I emphasize that for a reason. Uh, I hope you noticed the reason. The reason is this conspicuous absence of any mention of Palestinians. Oh, oh, Palestine. We know why it was named Palestine, but they don't call them Palestinians. They call them Arabs, not Palestinians. So why is there no mention of these Palestinians in the articles? Because there were no Palestinians in the land. They were Arabs that were there. And and here's what they say about that. Oh, the reason why there were no Palestinians in the land is because the Jews forced them out by the millions. Oh, really? Well, this is where um, I know firsthand uh, that's a lie because before statehood, my grandmother, this is my mom's mom, who was born in Nazareth, by the way. How cool is that? <laughs> my, my grandmother was born in Nazareth, man. Okay, so, um, and of their own volition, they moved to Jordan, which, by the way, by their own admission, Jordan is considered to be Palestine. They've said that. They've said that. They moved to Jordan. This is uh, after statehood. And then after the Six-Day War, miraculous Six-Day War in 1967, June, my family there, of their own volition, left. They were not forced out. They left there of their own volition, and many of them went to Jordan next door. Nobody forced them out. The land was barren, the land was uninhabited, the land was a wasteland. Bennett of this writes, Arabs claim that Jews forced millions of Palestinian Arabs from the lands they had farmed for thousands of years. We know that prior to modern times, millions of Arabs never lived in Palestine. We also know that Arabs have not been around for thousands of years. Only the Jews had a continual presence in the land. Rather than being farmed by Arabs for thousands of years, it was a wasteland. Eminent writers and pilgrims to the Holy Land throughout the ages have left many written testimonies of the empty, barren wilderness Historians report the same findings. He goes on to document these historians and speaks of the prolific American writer Mark Twain who toured Palestine in 1867. Listen to what he wrote in The Innocents Abroad. Come to Galilee, these unpeopled deserts, these rusty mounds of barrenness, that never do shake the glare from their harsh outlines, that melancholy ruin of Capernaum. We reached Tabor safely. We never saw a human being on the whole route. 
Bethlehem and Bethany and their poverty and their humiliation have nothing about them now. The hallowed spot where the shepherds watched their flocks by night and where the angels sang, peace on earth, goodwill to men is untenanted by any living creature. Bethsaida and Chorazin have vanished from the earth, and the desert places round about them sleep in the hush of a solitude that is inhabited only by birds of prey and skulking foxes. Stirring scenes occur in the valley of Jezreel no more. There is not a solitary village throughout its whole extent, not for 30 miles in either direction. Palestine sits in sackcloth and ashes, desolate and unlovely. It is a dreamland. Citing a man by the name of Carl Herman Voss in The Palestine Problem Today, Israel and Its Neighbors, Bennett writes, In the twelve and a half centuries between the Arab conquest in the seventh century and the beginnings of the Jewish return in the 1880s, Palestine was laid waste. Its ancient canal and irrigation systems were destroyed and the wondrous fertility of which the Bible spoke vanished into desert and desolation. He also cites Gunner Edward Webb in the Palestine Exploration Fund quarterly statement saying, nothing there to be seen but a little of the old wall. Speaking of Jerusalem, which is yet remaining... And all the rest is grass, moss, and weeds. Quoting a French poet from Netanyahu, a place among the nations, Bennett writes, Outside the gates of Jerusalem we saw indeed no living object, heard no living sound. We found the same void, the same silence as we should have found before the entombed gates of Pompeii. A complete, eternal silence reigns in the town. Would you find it interesting? After the rebirth of Israel as a nation, May 14th, 1948, fulfilling a key, I would argue, the most important prophecy in the end times about the rebirth of the nation of Israel by one vote of the UN. Can a nation be born in a day? Can these dead bones live again? Ezekiel 37, 36 and 37. On May 14th of 1948, those prophecies were fulfilled. And don't you find it interesting that the enemy would inspire the likes of Ayas or Arafat to remanufacture this so-called Palestinian cause and lay their illegitimate claim to Israel and specifically Jerusalem for such a time as this? Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to inspiritandtruthradio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.